Hey guys, welcome back to the Movie Night Podcast. Guess what? It's movie night. It's movie night. Um, sorry we've been gone for another hot minute. Yeah. Um, that's my fault. Yeah, that's Sarah over there and it's her fault. And Kira over there, it is not her fault. <laughs> it is. She's, like she just said, she's the backbone of this podcast. Sarah's been out of towns. Yes, I've been traveling and, um just been a little busy but now i'm unemployed and so i'm free so we're free to record and What's we're getting up? back on it we're on it we're here and we're actually on schedule are we for yeah it's thursday right now so this podcast will come out in time for yes but we're like four weeks late yes <laughs> but i mean yeah whatever in terms of the the day of the week yeah sure we're just weeks late but it's that's fine. Great. We're back. That's no, all yeah. that matters. It's good. It's good. We're here. We're doing it. It was your fault, and we're doing it. Yes, it was my fault. Um, but yeah, so um, have you been watching anything recently? Any recs for um, listeners? No, I've just been trying to find ways to consume more Drag Race. Oh, right. RuPaul's right, right, Drag right. Race. Yeah, I've fallen in a deep hole, and I don't really want to come out of it. Um, I watched... Oh, we watched Behind Her Eyes. Did we talk about that last time? Mm, I feel like yes. Okay. I'm not sure, but... Um, in the studio today, we also have our friend Charlie. What's up, podcast? He was on the episode that I talked about after. No, the, the he was- The movie after? No, he was on the Swiss Army episode. Honestly, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um. I was coloring. Okay, let's talk about Drag Race. Who- Let's just real quick talk about this season of Drag Race. Who do you think's gonna win? I'm team Simone. I want her to win. She's okay. my pick. Charlie, if you had to pick one, who do you- Who is it- Who do you want to win? Is it want or think? Want. Okay. Because I, I thought the same thing, and I mm. want Simone to win. Okay, I want Rosé to win, but I think Gottmik is going to win. I think Gottmik is also going to win. I'm team Simone. I really Who want Simone to win. win. Simone. Okay, word. No, I'm, I'm behind all of this. I mean, I love Simone, I love Gottmik, and I love Rosé, so. Yeah. We all know Candy Muse is not winning. We all just don't care about Candy. Okay, we can move on from Drag Race, because those who don't watch are not going to understand the words that just... Came out of but it's now. great content. For those who don't it. watch Drag Race and to hear me say, to hear us say the words "got Mick," they're like, "What the fuck is a got Mick?" Rose, you were talking about wine. <laughs> yeah, who's um, Candy? Why are you talking about Candy? Yeah, okay, moving yeah, on. moving on. Um, um, but that'll just be a little nugget for those that watch. Anyway, um, I have been watching. Tell them oh, about your. Well, I just finished Black Sails. Yeah, tell them about that, which is on Hulu, but it is like a stars, a stars original, I suppose. Black Sails is so good. If anyone likes Game of Thrones, they should watch Black Sails. It's gas, and it's about pirates, which I love. Fun fact (laughs) about me, I love pirates. Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, I also love time travel, but pirates. Black Sails is not about time travel. That's just a fun fact about me. (laughs) Um, Love pirates, and like in Black Sails, a lot of the characters are based on real pirates, which is dope. And if you like history and all that good shit, get into Black Sails. It's so fucking good. I've been trying to get these two to watch it and all my other friends to watch it. So good. Um, And then also, I have been listening to a podcast called The Rewatchables, which is another movie podcast. Yes. Probably the most famous movie podcast. I would say, yeah, no, I would agree. It's, it's like, a bunch of, like, uh, amateur critics and, like, film people are actually doing it. So, yes, I agree. But it's a really good podcast if you like movies. Um, And they, I've been listening to, of course, I only like to, I'm sure, like this podcast. It's only cool if you know the movies that they're talking about. Right, yeah. You have to be interested in Which we're not great about. Yeah. (laughs) But it's whatever. Um, So I've been watching the podcast episodes that correlate to 
the movies that I have seen and some of the ones that I've been listening to recently have been ones about scary movies. Yeah. So I listened to the one on The Shining, I listened to the one on The Conjuring, I listened to the one on um, Insidious and so I've been going back and kind of watching those movies. So fun. And I just, we should have saved it for the podcast but maybe we'll talk about scary movies on another day. But, yeah. Um, we just had this huge conversation about the horror movie genre and uh-huh. like other the subgenres sub, subgenres of horror and it's just very interesting and i i think a, a great question to ask like new people you meet would be like what's your favorite scary movie or like yeah. what's the movie that scared you the most because i find that so interesting yeah um, that's a good way to phrase it is what movie scared you the most right because i think those are two different things yeah like, what's totally. your favorite and what's actually scared, scared you the most. most yeah yeah and so i think i'm super into that right now um as my friends here can attest to yeah a very long conversation about it <laughs> But uh, super into that right now, and so I watched Insidious again, and I felt the same way as the first time I saw it, which was, is good, and there's some really, really great scary scenes in that movie, but I think the last, like, half hour kind of kills the whole thing, for me personally. Really? That's I think a big a, chunk a, of time. A lot of people love that movie. Yeah. See, and I, I haven't seen, I did not, I wasn't into scary movies growing up, so, like, yeah. I haven't seen any of these, so it's really interesting to Yeah, and so, and then I watched- Want to watch them as an adult. I saw, we saw The Conjuring in theaters. Yes, but I don't remember that. Well, see, I remember that because- in the I remember it being better than I expected. The Conjuring to me was like really good and it felt kind of like the reason why I like scary movies is because I am a, I'm not one of those people who's like I'm oh nothing scares me. No bitch. I am Everything a, scares I me. I am a scaredy cat. I'm afraid of the dark. I'm 22 and I'm afraid of the dark. Like I'm a scaredy cat but I love it's like going it's like a roller coaster ride. Yeah like, it's, it's a rush. Like, it's like a rush and it's like about the adrenaline and it's yeah. about being scared that I think is kind of fun. And so The Conjuring while I don't think it was necessarily terrifying like haunt your dreams terrifying yeah. I, there were some really good scares in that movie and seeing it in the theater like really like got you yeah. jumped yeah. and like got you like i do remember i think like especially one specific part i can remember like actively screaming like yeah. in the theater which is so fun and i just feel like i haven't screamed in a theater in a really long time i, saying, I feel like you and that is so and, like, fun that screaming in a theater full in public is our favorite activity sorry is there anything better than screaming in public and it being acceptable no no there's nothing better than that um, so missed that, and, um, so I watched the, I rewatched The Conjuring again, and then I watched The Conjuring 2, which I hadn't seen, both of those are on Netflix. I was saying, are they, like, easily available, or are they yes, on, like, Netflix, both, Hulu? both Insidious, Conjuring, and The Conjuring 2 are both, all three of those are on Netflix, and, like, they're part of, like, the collection, kind wow. of, like, and, and, but I don't know about the other Insidious movies, or, like, I don't think any of the Annabelles yeah. are on there, and they're all kind of part of the same universe, but... Anyway, that's what I've been doing lately, as in, like, last night. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I've been watching and listening to. Um, but yes, very excited to hopefully... Yeah, very interesting conversations yes, to be had. to be had. And I think that we will... We're excited. I'll have to recommend Sarah some scary movies, and she's going to hate it. I'm going to make you watch it with me. But it'll be fun to talk about. Yes. But yeah, so anyway... Um, Do you want to get into it? Yes, I think we should. Okay. So, last episode, Kira recommended me the movie La La Land, and this film shined in Okay, my I'm eyes. so glad. Because, so, let me just prep it. I think I talk, we talked about this last episode when I recommended it to you, but I have seen this movie so many times. I want to rewatch it. So I watched many times it like, I've seen it. I watched it, like, two days ago. I finished it two days ago, yeah. and I'm like, I want to go, I want to go watch it again. I've seen this movie so many times, and when it came out, I was like, I, I love musicals, and I think... People are kind of surprised, I think, when they find out that I like musicals. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying, I'm not like a, bu- like a buff or anything. Like, I just, I'm But we enjoy like, musicals. Like, I love a, musicals. Yeah. I love, like, 
and the law, like, it came out right at 2016, which is, like, when we graduated high school, high school and then, like, went into college, and I remember seeing it. I saw it in theaters, like, on my own, and then I watched it a couple times after that, and then I remember actually going to see it on, like, my, my school campus. Where you oh, yeah, 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 you mentioned that. You yeah, mentioned we had, like, a little theater on campus yeah. where you could go for free. Which is so cool, because, like, in that, like, in those couple years, like, from 2016 to about 2018, I was so, like, not interested in film, so, like, I missed, like, a big chunk of it, so, like, yeah. I had no idea how, like incredible it was because i was like oh they don't nobody makes a good movie anymore i kind of like given but i think it got kind of a bad rap maybe just because it was a musical like but it was talked about so much but i was like right do people love it is it good what's like what is the deal and i I watched it and i'm just like yeah okay so yeah and i just want to say like the soundtrack also like i spent probably my entire freshman year of college studying to like at least the the instrumental yeah the score the score yeah studying to the score which is something i don't do super often no i did that my senior year in college with the euphoria score so like i exactly, totally you know exactly. what I, mean? like, I get so, it like, and, like the music fucks and like the score is great and i would study to it all the time and so it, it definitely like i don't know to me it's like one of those movies that like represents a period of my life a yeah. little bit which yeah, is cool yeah, yeah. which that is, is cool. really awesome and i hate that i missed out on that yeah but i'm glad to be a part of it now so this movie stars ryan gosling who plays sebastian yep and then Emma Stone is his uh, counterpart, his other supporting actress. Sure, sure, sure. sure Lead sure, actress. Whatever. Lead actress, yes, and whatever. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Emma Stone, she plays Mia. She's obviously the other main character. That's what I was trying to say, the, main, the other main character. Um, there's not a lot of extras, like famous extras in this movie. The movie really centers around um, Sebastian and Mia's characters. Mm-hmm. But John Legend is in this movie. He yes. plays Keith. He play uh he's like an old friend of Sebastian's and like helps him with his music. Helps him with his music and they form a bond towards the later end of the movie. And then JK Simmons is in it, who Love was him. uh he started Whiplash, mm-hmm. which came out in twenty fourteen. And then a little uh guest star was Finn Whitrock. He was in it for a minute. Really? Who did he play? Who he he play plays Mia's boyfriend when she meets um Sebastian. So like right after she meets Sebastian, she she has the moment where she hears the music. And yeah, she's yeah, yeah. With her boyfriend, and they make eye contact. Yeah, yeah. her boyfriend is Finn Whitrock. Cool. Yeah. I honestly did not. I don't feel like I remember that. I saw it. And I was like, oh my god, Finn. Yeah, work. So yeah, so that's like the main cast. Um, it is directed by Damien Chazelle mm-hmm. and composed by. Oh, I didn't finish typing. His name is Justin. Um, his name is Justin. I'll find his last name in one of the fun facts. I'll come back to it. But yeah. Composed by Justin. Um, so, this movie pretty much follows these two main characters, Sebastian and Mia, and their life, and how they cross, like, how they cross paths, how they meet, how they fall in love, and, like, how they, like, live their life together. The whole story yeah. is about their love story. And it's kind of about, like, aspiring artists. But it's also about aspiring, yes, also about aspiring artists, in that Sebastian loves jazz, and he, like, wants to save jazz, and, like make it cool again and he wants to be he wants to have his own jazz club and be like kind of like a famous jazz and musician be, yeah, yeah yeah and like he plays piano and all that and then thing. Mia's an aspiring actress yes exactly and she like works at a coffee shop on like the Warner Brothers lot right and she's an aspiring actress um so yeah so it's about like their their love story but also their dreams and like yes. what and like how that comes into play with like their life and their decisions and their relationship yes mm-hmm. yes 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 um, I'm hoping I'm doing a good job. I mean, of... yeah, that's that's basically it. Okay, it's yeah. them falling in love as they're trying, both trying to achieve their dreams, which, in like ultimately, like 
kind of leads to their demise almost yeah. because they have different dreams that are big dreams that are going to send them off in different directions basically right. and so yeah, it's like yeah. how are they grappling with that as time goes on as yeah. artists and as yes. like um people and, and as love interests basically yeah. yeah yeah um i really like this movie it has a beginning and an end which i love like you like the t- like the story open like it happened like it yeah. ends very it clear ends. very clear yes. ending um, and I love that very because powerful I feel like ending. Sometimes, like a, a lot of the types of movies, can end in a way where you can like the the ending is open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. But I love that it was such a clear beginning and end. Mm-hmm. So I just want, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what the movie's about. Pretty basic. Um, so this movie was so. Oh, it's also a musical. Do we say that? Ah, people know it. <laughs> people it, know it's a musical. Yes. And, yeah. The music in it is also really good. And, like, yeah. I love, I really enjoyed it. And, like, it was. The musical oh. numbers are great. Like, the dance, some of the dancing, dancing that they do and, yeah, like, together and like, is great. And, and the, the music is great. Yeah. Um, and the sets are incredible. And the way that it's filmed and the camera angles, the way that it moves, it's cool. Yeah. That part, yeah. Um, so, I'm going to get into some trivia real quick. Um, there's a lot, right? There's actually a lot of trivia. I picked some of the best stuff. It was towards the top of the IMDb sure, list. Sure, which I think is great. But there's there's so much trivia. This movie is incredible. So, like, if you're interested, please read up on it. Um, But this movie was nominated for 14 Oscars. Holy shit. And is tied with the most number of nominations with Titanic. Wow. And All About Eve, which is a movie that came out in 1950. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't, I don't know that movie, but that's dope. But I didn't know that. Yes, 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 yes. So it's nominated for fourteen. It won six, which is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a like a lot of the like a lot of like the main categories. So Emma Stone won an Oscar for best performance in a leading role, which is so sick because I love her. I'm okay. such a stan. Yeah, and going just real quick, um, on that podcast that I was listening to, the Rewatchables, they do. They don't do La La Land, but they do do Easy A. Easy A is so good! Which is so good, and it's so, like, listening to them talk about it, obviously, it, that came out, like, 2010, something, or somewhere around 2010. Yeah. So, like, it came out, like, a while ago, like, so it's, I think it was... It's not always on, like, the It fourth. was her, like, first leading role, It I was believe. definitely her her big debut. She had yeah. been in... Um, she had been in Superbad. She had been in Superbad before that, and that was kind of, like, her introduction. She was up in, like, the comedy scene, obviously, yeah. and then Easy A is a huge comedy. Yes. And Easy... And... You know, they were talking about it on the rewatchables, shout out to the rewatchables. But um and like they and they were making this point where like n- I don't see any other actress that could have done Easy A the way that Emma Stone, Stone did. did. And like they so they said they made they have like a category on that podcast where they talk about like recasting and like who yeah. could who could they recast as you right. know, the lead in that movie and they talked about like maybe Zendaya could do it. And like I could maybe see that. Maybe. Because like there has to be Easy A is just so good and you have to like the I think her what's her her name's Olive in the movie yeah Olive like, Pendergast yes the character of Olive is so charming yes and funny and like a lot of this she's like the center of a lot of drama in her high school but like you never she doesn't you, really care yes and you never feel like worried about her in a serious yeah. way because her character is so like steadfast and yeah like, you're never worried about her because she's a very like, distinct character you're like if anyone can handle yeah. it this girl can and yeah. I don't think any other actress could have delivered it in that way and they were like they were literally saying and they read off like the who oscar nominees in terms of leading actress 
the year that that movie came out. And, like, she should have been not... Honestly, she should have been nominated for an Oscar for that movie. For Easy A? For Easy A. Oh, wow. And, like, a big thing about the Academy... The Academy never does comedies, and that's a big problem in the Academy. Well, the Academy, like, sucks, don't they? Exactly. Famously. Uh, But they never see, like, the... They can't see the seriousness of a comedy. Right. Which, like, I get it, but also, like... But also the amount of comedy that is in serious movies. And the... But the level of, like, performance that needed to be had in order to make that movie what it was, like, was a lot. Like, yeah. T- and I think... She, I genuinely believe that she should have been nominated for an Oscar for Easy A. That is a crazy opinion, be- and I love it. Because... Not a crazy opinion, but, no, like, such yeah. a, like, a out-of-the-box kind of opinion. Because the Academy doesn't acknowledge comedies, which is fucked. Yeah. Because, and especially, like, I mean, like, they just don't. And, like, I, there are a lot of comedies that are, like... There's a lot of legendary comedies. There are a lot of legendary comedies, but, like, a lot of times, like, they're just, like, not... Taking it seriously. They're not highbrow enough for the Academy to look at seriously. Not prestigious enough. But, like, that movie, and the performance in that movie specifically, not necessarily, like, the writing or, like, anything like that, but, like, her performance in that movie... like, Emma Stone herself. Emma Stone's debut in that movie as, like, a newcomer, and to, like... And she just really, like... I don't know. She, she really just, like, blew it out of the and, water. And, like, obviously, because after EZA... She, she blew up. She became, like, a, a massive leading actress in she Hollywood. She is a movie star! Like, it, was, it, was, it wasn't until that movie where everyone was like, yeah. Emma Stone is a movie star. Emma Stone was her big debut. Exactly. Oh, that's crazy. And, like, I love this. And, like, that and... I don't know. I will die on that hill. She should have been nominated for an Oscar for that movie. And she, honestly, I don't know who won in 2010 or whenever that movie came out, but she should have won. I have mad respect for that opinion. That is... Yeah. I, I mean, love it. But anyway, so that's just like a, a testament to her performance. And I was then, saying, like, yeah, I love her. I don't think I've ever seen a movie where she's in where I don't want like the movie to dislike her character. Yeah, exactly. Even in, like when she was an Amazing Spider-Man, I was like, her character rocks and like... Like, but they like, canceled that franchise. So, it's like, like her, her range is out of hand. Yeah. Because she does out movies of hand. like, she does a movie like Easy A and, and a movie like Superbad, which is like an indie comedy. Yeah. She does that. And then she goes on and does like, Bird, she's in like Birdman and like in yeah. other Oscar nominated movies. She's in then, that, she was in The Favorite. Like, she like, yes. She, yeah. She's in huge movies now and like her range is impeccable. And then she was in The Help too, where she was like, exactly. Ugh, exactly. So she's much just, range. So, yeah. And, She's great, and we she's, stand. She's great in this movie as well. Yes, so she uh, she won an Oscar for best performance in a leading role, and she did great in this film. Correct. Um, the movie also won best achievement in directing, uh, for Damien Chazelle, mm-hmm. and then it won best achievement in cinema in cinematography, which the cinematography is incredible. And, like, I want to know so fun to watch. Yes, and, and like, I don't know if I'm sure a lot of people have seen like the I think it's like a little clip from like behind the scenes that like had been circling around Twitter uh-huh. but it's from the scene where um Sebastian is playing his jazz music and um Mia is like dancing uh-huh. and it's the camera is like swinging back and forth between her the two dance, of them the two of them and it's swinging oh my and like gosh. you get this behind maybe we can post it on the Instagram but yeah, you get we'll this like it. you can see how it was done where it's like the cameraman who the man who was holding the camera is being like tapped on the shoulder to be let know like when he should Swing Switch. his literal body into like focus on the different actors as it goes, and he is swinging it, and it is the sickest little clip. And maybe we actually we should find it. Put we on need Instagram to find that because it's so cool, and it's and so... you notice it too, like you, the way the camera is so swinging around and just moving with the characters yeah. and like not cutting and not breaking the like like the motion. Yeah, insane. It's great. And I think that yeah, again, deserved. Yeah. deserved, deserved. Um, 
And then they won Best Achievement in Music for the original score. They won Correct. Best Achievement in Music for an original song for City of Stars. Work. Best Achievement in Production Design is the last one. And then they were nominated for Best Picture of the Year, but lost. So, <laughs> so oh yeah. So I was, before we started recording, I asked Sarah if she knew what happened at the 2016 Oscars. And she did not, and neither did Charlie. Although you might have looked it up. But, so, but... Uh, this surprised me, but you said you weren't really following movies just in general yeah, at that really, time, yeah. which is fine. But I literally remember, again, I was a freshman in college when this movie came out. I remember in my freshman dorm, we had like um, little community rooms, right? Right. And my dorm had just been built, so we we had like this really like fancy, fun little community room on every floor. And I was in my community room because I don't think I had a TV in my dorm at that point. And I was in the community room with a whole bunch of people in the Oscars. We were all watching the Oscars. And it was batshit, and I can't believe you didn't know about it, but obviously that was the year that Moonlight came uh-huh. out, and Moonlight won Best Picture that year, uh-huh. and La La Land was obviously nominated, as you just said, but basically what happened was the, whoever was um, announcing, or, you know, whatever that's called, announcing the nominees, um, or they announced the nominees, and then they said, and the winner for Best Picture is, and they said La La Land... And the entire cast and director and, you know, whoever, the crew um, that's uh, there at the Oscars, Gall went on stage and Damien Chazelle was up there, like, giving his speech, I think. And, like, they were all talking about it and they had, lit- like, Oscar in hand <gasps> when some, like, stage hand runs out and hands them the correct card that says, best picture, Moonlight. <laughs> and they, and then Damien Chazelle is literally has to be, like, uh, there's been a mistake. Moonlight has won Best Picture. And he literally says, this is not a joke. Like, because I think people were like, I don't know. I don't know what was happening. But so basically what happened was they had the card, the the announcers had the card for Best Actress or something like that, Best Supporting Role that said La La Land because Emma Stone won it. Right. And it was, it was like an old card from like the last nominees. You know what I mean? And they read that as Best Picture, which was La La Land, obviously. And so the entire cast was on stage with their fucking acceptance speech being had when they had to be like, there's been a mistake. Moonlight has won Best Picture. And it was like this huge upset and everyone was freaking out. And I think Jimmy Kimmel or one of the Jimmys was fucking up there. He was hosting and he comes out and he'd be like, he was like, he said something like, oh, I'd like to thank like Steve Harvey for this mistake. Because remember when Steve Harvey. I can't believe they they Steve Harvey'd La La Land at the Oscars. For Best Picture picture which is like obviously the award it's the biggest award of the night and they fucked it and um it was just this massive upset and everyone freaked out and he literally had to be like this is not a joke like we are not i joking. can't believe you- which like to even say that to even insinuate that they would joke about ah. that that they would be like ha ah. like no that's so fucked so that's what happened at the 2016 oscars uh, which is so crazy yeah. I am so devastated. Could you imagine getting up stage being like, thank you so much. Blah, 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 blah. This movie changed my life. Yeah. Excuse me, excuse me. We Wait, so you have the wrong this. card. Yeah. 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 That is awful. Fuck the Academy. Yeah. Well, Ugh. I mean, I don't know whose mistake that was. Whether Fuck it was that like, guy. Someone had the wrong card. You have card. one job. Yeah, but that's But just also, wild. like, I feel like we would just be like, let him have it? I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, you know, and you couldn't. 
But like, oh damn! Delete, delete my statement about what I said about the economy. Damn, I hate that. It just sucks. But that's what happened, and that's like. A fam- I thought you were gonna say it was the your green book one. No, that and- is like famously like what like the Moonlight La La Land like situation. Yeah. Um. So that's what happened. That is there. crazy. I did not know that. Oh yeah, my god! I remember. I literally watched that live with a bunch of people in a community room at college, and everyone was like, "What is happening?" Like, oh my god! Like, this is what? What a moment in time! Like Hollywood's biggest night <laughs> for a movie that was made in like respect to Hollywood. Like, oh yeah. wow, what a blow! I mean, like Moonlight's great, and it watch. I mean, it equally is deserving. I haven't seen um, that either. So. But it's just like it's just like a fucked situation. And just in, in terms of if any award was given and you announced the wrong person, like that's just terrible on oh, live TV, where every a ton of people are watching. I can't believe La La Land got Steve Harvey at the Oscars for yeah. Best Picture, or Moonlight got Steve Harvey, whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah. Oh my God, I cannot believe that happened. Mm-hmm. How devastating. But yeah. Anyway, well, La La Land definitely <laughs> made its impact on the Oscars. Yeah. Um, but still, Emma Stone won an Oscar mm-hmm. that she well deserved, and I love that for her and the film. And the film was obviously Oscar worthy. It won six out of f- fourteen. That's right. like half. Yeah, that's a ton. Okay, so I'm gonna get into more trivia, some fun stuff. Sorry, I've been talking for a long time, but okay. So the audition scene where Emma Stone is crying, and Mia, her character, is crying on the phone, like for her audition, uh-huh. and that person walks in and interrupts her. Yeah, um, that is inspired by something that actually happened to Ryan Gosling during one of his auditions. No way! Yeah. Wow. And I was like, oh wow, scarring. Yeah, um, okay, here we go. So, according to composer Justin Hurwitz, that's the name say, I mentioned earlier. Justin Hurwitz, because I've literally listened to that score so many times. I was gonna throw that name out of my ass. Really? You yes, said because it. I, but I almost did, and then I was like, I don't want to sound like an idiot. But who knows movie composers? Anyway, continue. Yeah. So, according to composer Justin Hurwitz, all the piano performances featured in the film were first recorded by pianist Randy Kerber during pre-produ- pre-production. Ryan Gosling then spent two hours a day, six days a week, in piano lessons, learning the music by heart. By the time filming had begun, Gosling was able to play all the piano sequences scenes in the film without the use of a hand double or a CGI. Which is dope. Sorry, that was a lot, but, like, basically... They composed it, he learned it, and he killed it. And there like, was no like body double no, in there like playing the, piano. Like for Ryan him. Gosling is playing the piano every second of the movie. That's dope. Which is crazy. Um City of Stars. Yes. Gas. Such a good soundtrack. Um Emma Stone performed Audition, The Fools Who Dream Live. Uh, she would decide when to switch from dialogue to singing in that scene, and there was no pre recorded track and she was uh, to lip sync to. Justin Hurwitz, the song's composer, was in another room playing the piano in her ear, and huh. this was all done so that she could have more control of the scene. That's cool. Yeah, so she, that specific song audition, she is, when she goes out of singing and she's talking, like doing it full she's natural. literally like, that is like live. Like, that that's, is actually happening. That's cool. Um, this is very interesting, and I'm so glad this happened, but Emma Watson turned down the role of Mia due to scheduling conflicts with Beauty and the Beast, which came out in 2017. Wow. While Ryan Gosling turned down the role of the Beast in the film to appear in this one. No way. Coincidentally, both are musicals. Ironically, Emma Stone would later drop out of the role as Meg March in Little Women. What? Due to scheduling conflicts with promoting The Favorite 
and Watson was cast to replace her in that part. Wow. Emma drama. Wow. Are you team Emma Stone or Emma Watson? I love them both. Well, I'm definitely team Emma Stone in La La Land, but, and I do love Emma Watson, but I would love to see... Emma Stone, Stone as, as a March as, sister. As a March, which is so interesting to think about. That's crazy. But I do think that while Emma Watson is fantastic, I do think that... I don't think I would have taken the film as seriously if she had been in this movie. Well, that... that in La La Land. That's also true. But I also think that, like, Emma Stone gives me very much Joe March, which is giving me... Which is Saoirse Ronan. Which is Saoirse Ronan. So, like, I think if you were going to cast... Emma Stone is any of the March sisters, it would have to be Joe March, and then Sersha wouldn't be in the movie. You know yeah. what I mean? And like they those two couldn't have been March sisters together. No. Because they're two, two like, they're two leading late, like they're, they're too too powerful in their own sense to and like they, they both kind of deliver very similar I don't know. To me, they deliver very similar like characteristics. Yes. And I don't think that they could have been March sisters together. No. If that makes sense. I agree. I agree with that statement. Okay, yeah. Um, but that's so super interesting. I love Sersha Ronan. Yes, I do too. We stand her. Um, Tom Hanks was so impressed by the film that during a press conference for his film, Sully, he told all the reporters to go see the film whenever they could. Shut up. Imagine being on the panel and being like, Sir, or Tom Hanks, tell us about Sully. And you being like, hey, you guys should all go, go see, see La La Land. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's legendary. So cool. um, the film was shot in eight weeks over the course of summer 2015. Sweet. And then Mia's canary yellow dress was originally used as a standby for dance rehearsals, but Emma Stone admired it so much that she wanted to wear it on the film, and she was allowed to. (laughs) Oh, cool. Yeah. So she was like, I like this dress. I want to wear it. I was like, work. Okay, so this is a fun fact about um, the very specific uh, Hollywood Hill scene, like where they're at the top of the mountain and they're looking over the sky and it's purple. And they're like tap dancing? Yes. Yes. So this is about that scene. Um, So the crew had a limited time window of 30 minutes uh, to get that like perfect to get that sunset. perfect shot within two days to film the magic the magic hour dusky purple twilight Hollywood Hills That's dance cool. sequence. So so they're filming the dance the, that whole scene. They had two days yeah. or two wait what is it thirty minutes in t- within two days right. to film the whole thing. So according to Damien Chazelle, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling managed five takes in two days, where after each take they would go back. To the starting point with the assistants wiping their sweat before starting the dance routine again. Wow. The fourth take is the one used in the final film. So they did five takes and they took the fourth one. And during each take they would do it and then they would go right back to the beginning. Have someone wipe their sweat and do it again. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And that's like a big, that's a long scene. Like that's a big. And it's an important scene and it's like one of the most famous and iconic scenes. And you only have 30 minutes to get. Yeah. And that's very cool that. You know, none of that was, like, artificial. Yeah, like, like, that was real. Right. Artificial, like, light or whatever. awesome. And then, um, so, in the opening sequence, it's, like, a big dance sequence. There's a bunch of people in traffic, and that's where um, Mia and Sebastian first first interact. But apparently, in that opening dance number, only 30 dancers were used for Another Day of the Sun. And most of the people in the cars seen in the far background are CGI. What? Yeah. So, it's not, like, a bunch of people, because it, like, goes on for so long. Right, right. It's only... Literally 30 people that yeah, are real, they, which like, is crazy. Yeah, they, replicate those 30 yeah. on the way down. That's cool. But, yeah. I always think about that when, like, you see, like, a movie with, like, a like a, like a football game, and it's, like, a stadium full of people, and you're yeah. like, I know no. 98% of those people are fake. Right, exactly. So that is all my fun trivia. Um, 
This movie was incredible. I absolutely loved it. It did change my life. I am going to watch it again. I love musicals. I love Emma Stone. The cinema. I just can't rave enough about it. I love it. Yeah, it's it good. was great. Thank you for sharing it with me, and I'm glad to be a part of the La La Land fan club. Oh my god, I'm glad that you're a part of this podcast, and I can show you good movies. Yes, it was legendary, and I can't believe they were just not wronged at the Oscars, but like humiliated at the Oscars. Yes, how yeah, devastating. Yeah. That sucks. But they've just won six others, so they're fine. Yes. Um, <sighs> Charlie, our guest, you've seen La La Land. I have. Thoughts, feelings, opinions? I love it. It's a great movie. It is good. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's super That's, good. I can't believe Like, kind of life-changing for me. Um, Super good. Super good. I was going to say something else, and I forgot. Oh, there's, like I said, there's lots of trivia about this movie, so go check it out. My friend sent me one about the colors and, like, some reason about cool. that. Maybe we'll post it on the Instagram. Um, And if you want to go check out the Letterboxd, go do it, because I forgot to find, re- find reviews. <laughs> I so there's a lot of trivia and probably well, a lot of great content about it. I bet all of the letter. I mean, I find it very hard to believe that there's any bad reviews of this movie, quite True. frankly. And, like... There was... There's not a bad thing to say about it. Even John Legend, like, is in it. And he's just, like, <laughs> There's nothing to... I mean, like, the, a lot of times we read those Letterboxd reviews because they're funny. And, like, I don't really... See, I mean, I could see some... Oh, I get what you're saying. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we just read them because it's fun. But, like... Honestly, like, I think if I was going to write a review of this movie, it would be... Life-changing. It would be serious. Yeah. Because it's really good. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's and really good. And it, like I said, like, it represents a good time in my life and... And is a good time to watch. It's a great time and, yeah. Love it. Great to talk about. Great to see with your friends. I don't know. I love this movie. Love it. 10 out of 10. 5 out of 5. Life-changing. Love so it. you'd give it 5 stars? Yes. I would tell anybody to watch this movie. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. Literally be like, what's a good movie? I'd be like, La La Land. Yeah. You don't like musicals? It's fine. Watch it. Yeah, yeah. I say it's a great introduction to musicals and Yes. If that's not your thing, this is a great introduction because it's very much so it's not it's not music for no reason. No. You know, they're both artists. Yeah. It's he does music and she becomes like a star in which singing is part of her thing. Yeah. So like, like it's it's music for a reason. But it's also like the music is good, the story is good, the acting is good. Like everything about it is great. Yeah. The so. cinematography is fantastic, the colors, like your friend was probably yeah. saying, fantastic. Fantastic. Watch it. So good. Emma Stone is literally a shining little baby star. I love her. She's so good. Love her. And I love her and Ryan Gosling have such great on-screen chemistry. They really do. They're beautiful to watch. They were crazy stupid love together. Yes, they connect really well. Yeah, they do. All right. All right. So, last episode, Sarah... Make is making me watch. <laughs> I made you. Sarah made me watch Birds of Prey. And I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this. Um, Birds of Prey, real quick, came out in, oh my god, 2020. The year it, 2020. It did? Yes. Oh. Must have come out really early. In yeah, maybe it did come probably, out really Let me see early. if I can find the actual release date. Which was February seventh, twenty twenty. So very early, very early. in twenty twenty. Okay, which is wild, actually. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I think I watched it in quarantine. To be honest. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, but yes, so it came out in twenty twenty. Um, some of its notable stars are obviously we have Margot Robbie starring as Harleen Quinzel or Harley Quinn, and then we have Rosie Perez who plays Montoya, who's the detective. We have uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Kira's favorite. Of previous um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World fame. A legend. I do like her a lot. Um, and then we have Journey Smollett, who plays Black Canary. We have Ewan McGregor, who plays um, Black Roman. Canary. Yeah. Okay, anyway. We have Ewan McGregor, who plays Roman Sionis. And Ewan McGregor was in the Star Wars movies. 
And he was also in, in Train Spotting. And he was also in Doctor Sleep. So that's he was also in Doctor Sleep. Yeah, I think Ewan McGregor's kind of hot. I don't remember him in this film. He plays like the villain. And then we have Ella J. Basco, who plays Cassandra Kane. She plays like the young pickpocket okay. girl. Um, and then Chris Messina, who is also hot. John Cena? No, Chris Messina. <laughs> he plays uh, Victor uh, Zaz, I think that's what they call him. They call him Zaz. I literally do not remember any of these characters. Oh names. my god. Okay, so Victor Zaz, he plays like um, Roman Sionis's like henchman. He's okay. like his right hand man to okay. the villain. So he's okay. another villain essentially. And Chris Messina, I just want to say, this was super interesting for me to see him in this role. Chris Messina's kind of hot, first of all. He also was in, like, he was in, like, the Mindy Project and, like, with hmm. Mindy Kaling. Like, yeah. he was in, like, sitcom, like, funny. He plays always, like, a good guy. Interesting. He was in, did you ever watch Sharp Objects? No. Well, you, you told me really, to watch it. really, really should because it is so good. But okay. he plays, like, a detective. And he's always, like, he always plays, like, a good guy. Yeah. And he's hot. So you just like makes you like him. You know, you just like him a lot. Yeah. And so in this role, he plays like this like slimy, scary, like henchman, evil guy, and I'm and he, with this bleach blonde hair, and I was like still hot, but scary, and I was like, whoa, interesting. But anyway, that was just interesting for me to note. Um, and then Ali Wong, who's like a comedian, she's in it for a second. She plays Ellen Yi. I think she's like a prosecutor or something. She's in it just briefly, but she is. Um, she has a lot of comedy specials on Netflix. Interesting. If anyone cares. If anyone um, And that's that's about, like, the the core um, cast. cast. Um, so, let me just give you guys a brief synopsis. So, this movie takes place, I mean, I don't, I'm not, so it's part of the... DC uh, comics. So, yes, yes, it is a DC comic universe film. And apparently it's going to be part of a, this is part of a trivia thing, but there's going to be, like, a Harley Quinn trilogy in which the first Harley Quinn film is actually Suicide Squad. Uh-huh. And then this is the second one, Birds uh-huh. of Prey, and then there's going to be a third one, is apparently. It, is it The Suicide Squad? Is that the third one to no. it? Or is it a different one? No, okay. and I'll, t- I'll tell you what, what it's called um, when I get to the trivia. Okay. But so this is the second movie, and it basically takes place after Suicide Squad, obviously. And basically, the premise of the film is that Harley Quinn and the Joker have broken up. Right. They broke up and um it's this is kind of occurring shortly after everything goes down in Suicide Squad. Okay. And obviously we know we know Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. She's like this kooky, crazy, like yeah. unhinged little psycho yeah. who like sounds like she's from Jersey and like Brooklyn. Brooklyn party girl, whatever. And like that's who she is. And she is experiencing this breakup and she's all alone or whatever. And she basically, because she's not with the Joker anymore, she's very um, vulnerable. Okay. And, like, she doesn't have, like, the same clout that she used to have. So, like, people people can fuck with her now, basically. Yeah. Because she doesn't have, like, the Joker protecting her. Okay. So she's, like, on her own. Um, And so there's, like, a huge target on her back. Anyone she's ever wronged is, like, coming after her. Right. Blah, blah, blah. So that's that. And, like, that's where the um, movie, like, picks up in the beginning. That's, like, what's happening. And so I guess in the beginning, Harley gets caught up with the villain. Uh-huh. Who is Roman Sionis. He's, like, a crime lord, I guess, of the movie. And he's... Roman Sionis is trying to track down this diamond in okay. the movie. And, like, this is, like, the plot device in the movie. Is like, everyone's after this diamond. And it's stupid because the diamond has, inside the diamond, is, like, information about a bank account where, like, money is in the bank account. Huh? In the diamond. Did you watch this movie? Apparently not. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, I do not remember So, like, that. inside the diamond, very microscopically in, 
engraved, I suppose. I'm literally like, looking up photos of Birds of Prey. Okay. Um, uh, inside the diamond is information about this offshore bank account where all this money is supposed to be. So people want the diamond not necessarily because it's just a, di- a diamond. But because there's money. But because it's basically information about a bank account where there's a lot of other money. Right. And, um... Okay, I'm seeing, I'm seeing Roman Sionis. Got it. Okay. Um, so, um, basically, Roman Sionis is basically blackmailing Harley and, like, says he's gonna kill Harley Quinn if she doesn't find this diamond. Okay. And the diamond is, like, passing... It's passing through hands in, in the city, basically. And so... Um, Roman has it and his henchman has it. Um, what's his name? Zaz has like, has hold of the diamond and then it gets, he gets pickpocketed by this Cassandra Kane character. Who's like this young girl and she's like a foster kid, I guess. And she pickpocket, she's like a good pickpocket. Like, that's, oh wow. That's what she does to make money. And she pickpockets the diamond off of Zaz. And then, so Roman Sionis loses this money basically. Right. And so he is, he captures Harley Quinn and is like, I'm going to kill you. And unless you bring me this diamond. Uh-huh. So now, and then also the police are also after the diamond. So everyone's after this diamond. That's the whole point. That's the okay. whole like thing that pushes the plot forward is this diamond. Right. And so everyone's after the diamond and Cassandra Kane, this young girl has the diamond. Got it. And, um, Basically, um, basically what happens is Cassandra Kane, she gets picked up by the police for pickpocketing. She swallows the diamond. Oh, god! Because <laughs> she's like, they're going to take all the stuff off of me. This is how I make my money. I'm just going to swallow the diamond. And she swallows the diamond. And so basically now they need, now everyone's after the diamond, but they're after Cassandra. Right. So um, basically like Harley and then Roman Sionis and his henchmen and this detective Montoya and um, they're all after this diamond. And um, the diamond is from, I believe the diamond is from, this is kind of where we get introduced to the the Huntress character, which is Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Uh-huh. She, which, okay, this I'm probably doing a terrible ex- explanation of this movie, but to be fair, this movie is a fucking mess. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've literally seen this movie and I'm like, huh? Yeah, the fact that you're so shocked at everything I'm saying, I'm like, did you even watch this? But, um... What I think would have been cool, I really like the Huntress character, which is Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Right. And so what happened to her, she is the daughter of, like, a mafia boss. Right. So she's, like, this cool daughter of this mafia boss. And basically what happened was, um, you know, through mafia things, her whole family, like, gets gunned down at one point and killed. And then, but she survives, right? When she's, like, a little girl. Okay. And so she survives and she gets raised by, like, some other assassins. And that's why, that's how she, that's her origin story. That's how she becomes an assassin. That's how she becomes an assassin. And that's her origin story because she wants to take revenge on the people that killed her family. Right. And so, like, that's, that's her motivation. Okay. For this diamond. Not the diamond, necessarily, but to kill, like, Roman Sionis. And, like, his group and all these people. And Zaz is part of, like, the squad that killed her family. Okay. This is so confusing, but this movie is a mess. So if I'm doing a trash job, it's not my fault. No, you're <laughs> doing a way better job than I probably could. So that's that. And then Roman Sionis also has this other kind of assistant. She's actually the driver, but that's the character of Black Canary. Yes, I know. Sarah's giving me a face of confusion. No, I remember. I think I remember who Black Canary was. She has like the hair. Yes, yes. So she, um, she is also part of like Roman Sionis's kind of like clan. She's squad. Yes, squad. She plays. She's like his driver essentially, and she is also after the diamond because Roman's after the diamond. Right. So everyone. That's that's how everyone is like involved connected. and connected. Yes. Okay. 
And, um, I mean, like, that's literally it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's literally it. And so basically, like, while Harley is trying to track down Cassandra, she kind of takes a liking to Cassandra. They kind of hang out a little bit. And then she's like, oh, you know what? Like, maybe I don't want this girl to die. And, like, that's, that's it. That's literally it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roman wants to take the girl and get the diamond, and cut her open so he can get the diamond out of her intestines. Or whatever the fuck. And that's that. And so basically, in the end of the movie, Harley, Black Canary, Detective Montoya, and Huntress kind of team up yeah. to protect Cassandra uh-huh. from Ronis, Ronin, Roman, Sionis's like, team of henchmen. Yeah. And that's what it is. So you, so I was about to say, I thought it was like Harley Quinn's like girl gang moment. No, it's all of these different characters coming together because obviously the detective wants to take down Harley Quinn because Harley Quinn's a villain. Right. And so like it's like they all end up having to work together basically to protect Cassandra. Right. That's pretty much what it is. Okay. Um, and for a bunch of other weird motivational reasons, each character has their own different motivation right. for like hating Roman Sionis. Right. But that's what it is. They all kind of team up to protect Cassandra and to take down Roman. Got it. Um, and that is that. But it is obviously, as I'm sure anyone can tell, very, very messy. Yeah. Not clean, cut, and direct. So here are some of my issues with this movie. Um, I think... So uh, I don't think it's a secret. I don't like superhero movies. I don't think they're very good. I think they all are. I think a lot of them are very messy. Yeah. And, but I mean, after doing some research on this movie for this podcast, I'm kind of seeing a, a lot of stuff, maybe there's a lot of like Easter eggs that go back to like the comic books. So maybe if I was more into, if like I knew yeah. more about the comic books, maybe I'd be more into it. But also I like, really don't know. Yeah. But I think, I think, um, basically the movie, the plot is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Plain and simple, the plot is bad. And you, the, anyone watching the movie, like I don't care about Harley Quinn. Right. They don't. They don't do a good job of making you care about the main character. They're not personable at or all. Relatable. It's like there's no heart in the movie. No. Like there's no Harley Quinn's origin story is that she fell in love with the Joker and you now have she's not. No attachment to Harley Quinn other than she looks cool and she can fight cool and like that's but it. But the fighting's not even that cool. But like it's all right, I guess. But like, but also it's inconsistent you to just, me, in my opinion. Like you just have no attachment to her character at all. Yeah. And I think if there was more attachment, you'd be more like you'd be more willing to like want to see her succeed right but there is none of that right and instead like what they should have done if there's it's if it's a two-hour movie they should have spent an hour making me want to care about harley quinn right instead of two hours of like trash plot yeah personally um i think after looking on red on um letterboxd for like reviews of this movie it has overwhelmingly positive reviews very positive reviews overwhelmingly positive very reviews, positive which is very interesting to me mm-hmm. and i part of the reason why i wanted to give it to you i think it's really interesting because i think a big part of the reason why people like this movie is because of like the whole like it's directed by i should have probably told, said this earlier but um the movie is directed by a woman named kathy yan and all the writers are women and the cast is mostly women and blah 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 right and right. so like obviously lots of female viewers are going to be like, that's fantastic. That's great. Um, you know, and it's, it's like a superhero movie that is less about the male gaze. You know what I mean? Like in Suicide Squad where Harley Quinn is literally wearing zero clothes. And is the only girl. And is the only girl in like extremely sexualized and whatever, whatever. And then in this movie, she's wearing like more like normal clothes. I don't know. That's like, I guess it's, 
It's different. I guess it's, you know, it's part of that. Like, and I guess that's cool. And it's a bunch of women, like, kicking ass. And that's great. But other than that, I don't really see a ton of redeeming qualities. Like, the action is cool. Even if you, I mean, you know, like, it's all right. It's pretty good. It's creative. I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I didn't really see anything in the trivia about this. But it really looks like um, Margot Robbie did a lot of her own stunts. Yeah, but her stunts were lame as hell. (laughs) Literally, the fight scenes were so beyond average. I was like, this is the most boring fight I've ever seen. I really think that they could have done a lot more. Also, like, I think it won, it won, it didn't win any Oscars or anything, but, like, it won some awards, like, Saturn Awards and different, different, um, awards in different, um, I don't know, academies, I guess. But, um, it won for, like, costume design, and I'm like, what? What? I mean, I get the thing of, like, making her less, like, sexy for men. That's great. But, like, her character is cool. They could have yeah. made her outfits a, a lot, lot cooler. cooler. Yes. Like, it they could have made everyone's outfits a lot cooler. Yeah, she doesn't have to be, like, sexy for her outfits to be cool. She's Harley Quinn. She's, like, this jester character. Right. Who's, like... she. They could have at least stuck with her, like, color wheel. Yes. They, like, they, they made her the, yeah. into this weird, like, rave party girl-looking thing. And mm. I was just like, they, ah, I was like, they just missed, um, they just missed an opportunity. I they think, missed the mark. They just, or it's just a missed opportunity. Like they yeah. could have really done it up and they didn't. That's what I'm saying. It's so average. But there's some cool shit. Like, I don't know if you've seen, um, there's a part where they kind of go to the Joker's like lair. It's like mm-hmm. an amusement park or whatever. It's where like the last half of the movie kind of takes place. And there's a part where they all slide down this slide. Yeah. Remember that? Maybe. Oh my God. Um, they all slide down the slide, and there's this part where Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character, like, she's going down the slide, and then, like, uh, one of Roman Sionis's like, henchmen, like, dives in the slide after her, and she, like, stops herself in the slide, waits for this dude to catch up to her, and then, like, drops on him, and is, like, beating his ass while sliding down the slide, and I'm like, that was sick, and I remember when the movie came out, I remember that gif, there's a gif of that, which we can maybe post on the Instagram. There's a sick. sick gif of her doing that, and because people were like, how was this film? This is so sick, blah, blah, blah. And that part was cool. Yeah. And, like, there's some really cool parts in it, and I think that, like, I don't know, they just, they fucked it. Yeah. <laughs> because it, there was a lot of, like, potential there, I think. And that's a lot, that's coming, that's a lot coming from me. Yeah, I is. do not fuck with these movies. Especially the DC Universe, no I was offense. saying, not, it's not even Marvel, it's DC. And, like, uh, I haven't given you Batman vs. Superman, but the worst movie of all time. Right. Um, and in this universe. Yeah. And, I don't know. Um, it's... Sucks. A hot mess. It's a hot, hot mess. I remember just being so average and so, like, unamused by it. And so, I didn't think the fighting was cool. I didn't think the acting was good. I didn't, like, I really didn't like any part of, like, that. I think Margot Robbie did a did a good it's, job. Margot but, like, Robbie did fine, but everything else about it was so... Margot like, Robbie did a good job. It's just the... The, the writing, writing, the script, the storyline, the, the script, trash. Yes. But that's my problem with every superhero movie. But still, like, it was... Like, one another part, I thought, you know, that slide scene with Mary Elizabeth Weinstead was cool. I think that I really liked the beginning. I love um, a good, like, animated sequence. Yeah. Do you remember, like, like the uh, beginning of the movie where they're, like, kind of talking about, like, we're kind of, like, catching up with Harley Quinn and... Mm-hmm. Like, learning about her breakup with the Joker or whatever, and it's, like, this really cool, like, animated, like, little intro yeah. to the movie. Loved that. I think that's cool. It reminded me a lot of Kill Bill when they do... I don't know if... Have you seen Kill Bill? Okay. There's a cool um, little animated sequence in Kill Bill um, that kind of gives us, like, the Lucy Liu, Oren Ishii's, like, background story, and it's dope, and I loved that, and I uh-huh. loved... I think this is cool. I think that's a really cool, like, um, little 
flare. section of the movie that, yeah, it gives a little flair. It gives a, makes a little interesting. And if you could do it in any movie, like, this is the movie you could do it in. Right. Like, some sort of, like, badass assassin movies. Yeah. Dope for that. Because it's all about, like, the lore and, like, yeah. kind of, like, the backstory. But, I don't know. There were some cool parts, but, like, fuck. It was a literal mess. Yeah. It's a mess. And yeah. it's, it has so much to do with just, like, the storyline. And the fact that it's just, it's messy and I just don't care. And not in the way that, like, I don't care about superhero movies. Like, I don't care about what's happening in the movie because I don't have any horse in the race when it comes to Harley Quinn because I don't care about her. Yeah. Where it's, like, it's not, like, um, I'm trying to think, like, um, I don't know, even, like, uh, the Batman movies, like, the Dark Knight series. Like, you, you learn so much about Bruce Wayne and, like, his... You know, you feel... I guess he's not a villain, though, so maybe that's part of it. But, but like, is Harley Quinn a villain? No. Yes, yes but she's also, a villain. Like, she's definitely a villain, but, like, she's not being a, a villain in this movie. But that, I think that's cool part. I think that's a cool part, because, like, she gets to be, like, kind of this badass, right? Right. So that's cool. But, like, you just don't give a shit about her. I don't know anything about Harley Quinn, yeah. other than she was... She that's what I'm saying. Like, a oh, degree, she and she dated the she, Joker. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. But, like, they don't do a good job of making you care about her. So right. Therefore, the audience is uninterested. Yes. And then... You lose the connection. Exactly. There is zero connection. You're not connecting to the audience with your character. You're not or connect- your storyline, your character, I'm not connected then- to a single character in that movie at all. Right. Like, there's, there's just... give you They give you no reason to care. Right. And that's just stupid. Especially in a superhero movie. Like, I was trying to think about, like, the Iron Man movies. Like, I don't know. Like, you... From the jump, Iron Man is, like, one of the only ones that I really know kind of well. Because uh-huh. that one was good. But, like... Right off the bat, like, it's Tony Stark and he's, like, being held hostage in, like, a right. terrorist. Or, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, 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 like yeah. who is this guy? He's a genius. Like, he's yeah. not only is he a genius, but he's also in this terrible situation. Like, you just immediately feel for that character. Right. And, like, um, I don't know. They just do a trash. They just miss the mark on that, too. Yeah. Because um, you literally don't give a shit about her at all. Right. Um, yeah. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> Which is so, that's why I wanted to make you watch it, because I know it was, I remember it being average, but like, I don't know, I just feel, you have such a good, such a good opinion on bad movies. (laughs) And like, you know, I was a little bit conflicted, because like, I didn't hate it. Yeah. But I didn't, it just, it didn't care about it. I have, I'm feeling like severe indifference. And the missed opportunity. Like, that part just, like, hurts my soul a little bit. Because you're like, this could have been good. Right. And it's like, fuck. But also Suicide Squad could have been good. Yeah, Suicide Squad was supposed to be good. And we were like, this movie They fucked it. And that's that's how I feel about all superhero movies. Yeah, true. Because you're like, Wonder Woman was great up until the end when you figure out who the villain is. And And then Wonder Woman 1984 was trash. Garbage. They just fuck it every time. Yeah, they really do miss the opportunity. Gal Gadot could literally be such an icon, and she's not because of shitty writing. It's the bad. It's the bad writing. But again, like this could be just like a hot take because I don't know anything about the comics. But who? How many people know about the comics? I mean, not enough. And then also, you're not telling me what's going on in the comics. Like you're True. not translating that to screen. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's how I feel. Like I said, overwhelmingly positive reviews on like Letterboxd. Yeah, I remember saying that, which is. Like you said, interesting. It is very interesting. But if you go on IMDb and look at some of the reviews here, um, it you get things like one star and it says boring and forgettable. Margot Robbie plays a good Harley Quinn, but she's not given enough arc. Like, she's yeah. pre- it's predictable and mainstream. Like, it's exactly the stuff that I'm saying. Surface level. Another one star. If you love comics, this is a horrible portrayal of Birds of Prey, apparently. Um, someone said wannabe Deadpool without the laughs. Ooh, burn. Um... Someone said it's a disgrace to the DC universe. 
Um, but to put it simply, without Hot wasting tea. anybody's time, my time was wasted by watching this. And I'm like, word. Um, but yeah, anyway, let's get into some trivia. Oh Is gosh. there a lot of trivia? I don't know. So yeah, a lot of the trivia, again, like I said, has to do about like Easter eggs about the comics. Which we know nothing about. Which is not going to be... And I would argue that not a, a lot, lot of, people... of people don't know about that. Yeah. For this to be like a massive like blockbuster movie at the theater, like most of the people don't know about it. Right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's there's not even that great of uh, trivia, honestly. Ugh. There's just kind of stuff about like, you know how she has a pet hyena in this movie named right. Bruce. In the comic book, she had two. <laughs> Nice. You know what I mean? But they, they, but like the. Um, also, did you notice how she went from having a bat to having a. Like a hammer? A I think hammer. the hammer is more. I think it's more true to the comics. Well, that's inconsistent. I'm and I don't sure. like that. But she does, like, there's a part where she, like, pick, finds a bat in, like, a. Yeah, but then her signature unit. thing is the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, what is it? I don't know. It's because these movies, all of these movies have, like, different directors. That's what it is. Different directors and different writers. And, like, that's, that's the issue with, like, this whole, the whole, like, Batman franchise, right? Right. Because you get, like, all the Batman trilogy by, like, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. And then you get the Joker directed by that other guy. Yeah, and, and then it's you like, get... And it's, like, it's just different. And, yeah. like, they try... It's just confusing to me. No, for sure. But um, a piece of trivia is Black Canary, the, the actress that plays Black Canary. Her name's Journey Smollett. She did all of her own singing for the film. Nice. Um, this is interesting, and... And it's not just interesting because I like Quentin Tarantino. Um, but while this movie was being produced, um, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of times they'll, like, they, on the studio lot or wherever they're filming, they'll, like, call the movie something that it's not because they don't want spoilers to get out. T. So they'll, like, name it something completely different so that no one knows what is filming on the lot. If oh, that I makes love sense. that. So in this case um instead of writing like oh like birds of prey is filming on lot seven they said they um the working title was called fox force five and that's just like it kind of makes sense because it's like you know uh, it's birds of prey like a girl team yeah like fighters but anyway fox force five was the name of a fictional television show in pulp fiction (gasps) so in pulp fiction which i know you haven't seen yeah but but in pulp fiction um uh, Uma Thurman's character, um, Mia Wallace, is, like, an aspiring actress. Uh-huh. And she did one pilot episode of the show called Box, Box Force 5. Five. And she played, like, it's kind of like a Charlie's Angels, essentially. Right. And she yeah. played, and she did one pilot episode, and she talks about how it never, it never aired, because it was trash. <laughs> and so they, that was the working title of Birds of Prey while they were filming. Fun. That's a, that's a fun fact. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I thought yeah. so, too. Um... Yeah, but so Harley only has one hyena rather than two because um, the CGI... Could only afford to do one? Could only afford Ah! to do one because it was so expensive. And I thought that CGI was really good. Oh, yeah. It looked kind of real. I was like, there's no way they had a real hyena. Yeah, I know. Facts. So also, this is interesting. Margot Robbie pitched the idea of Birds of Prey to DC and Warner Bros. as a female-led superhero action movie, and they agreed to her vision. So this is like, I didn't know that Margot Robbie had such a big hand in this movie. But so, and I, I also, I really like this fact. She said that um, there's a perception that a PG, like female led action film is like a chick flick. 
Uh-huh. You know, like, if it's yeah. PG, if it's, like, you know, yeah. you know, for kids and it's whatever, whatever, that's why she pushed so hard to have it be, like, R-rated, where she's throwing around fuck and, like... Yeah. <laughs> you know, remember that scene where, like, the detective is wearing a shirt that says, I shaved my balls for this? Oh, my Do God. Do you remember that? No, but she, I love that. <laughs> she, like, spills coffee. I don't know. Something happens where she, like, spills coffee on her shirt or something and has to go to the Lost and Found and put on, like, a different shirt, and it's a t-shirt that says, I shaved my balls for this? Oh, my God. But any, I don't know. That doesn't have to do with anything, but she, like, pushed hard for it to be R-rated, which I think is cool. That is very cool. Um, And so, yeah, so Margot Robbie, she is a producer of this movie, and she has her own production company called Lucky Chap. And so she, her production company, like, helped to produce it. T. Yep. Um, which is interesting. Uh, that is very interesting. Honestly, that's about it. A lot of this other shit is very much so about the comics. Like, how the movie differs from the comics. And that's mm. about it. Dang. Um, oh, but the one other piece of trivia I had was that... Um, the trilogy mm-hmm. so the first movie, oh yeah the third the, the third first movie. movie being suicide squad this is the second movie birds of prey and then the third movie is going to be called gotham city sirens what you know what a siren is though. no right? i do okay <laughs> so but like a mouthful this. gotham city sirens um it's better than standby oh wait no wait i can't find it oh it's wait birds of prey the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. <laughs> That's the title of this movie. Fantabulous? Yeah, also terrible. You could have just said fabulous or fantastic. Emancipation? You cannot of put fantabulous next Quinn. to the word emancipation. Well, I mean, it, that makes sense, right? It's like her going on her own, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, but still. It just sounds so... But yeah, messy. Um, that's about it. The entire movie is fucking messy. Damn. Um, you gave a way better perspective on it that i ever could because like you said you were saying stuff did not remember that's wild so you should have but that's how forgettable it was you like, should have retained better but yes no i agree i watched so this, forgettable so... i finished this movie yesterday so yeah it, was, it makes a lot of sense for me i remember it was just boring average boss bitch is a great song and the the scene they put that in was stupid like it's just like you said messy yeah let's just say that this is not changing my mind about superhero movies right or like yeah, not at all. And granted, I've never seen Endgame, and everyone shits their pants over Endgame and has a boner for Endgame, but, like, ugh, I don't care. Three-hour movie, no thanks. Like, ugh, I don't know, change my mind. Maybe you can recommend that to me one time, but... Maybe, we'll see. But, like, I just... Ugh, they're just... They are literally messy. Yeah. All of them. hmm Change my mind. Um... But yeah, okay. if I had to rate this movie, and like I said, there's no point in reading Letterboxd reviews. They're overwhelmingly positive. Right. So I don't agree with that. <laughs> and so they're not. I don't agree with that. And they're not even that funny. Like, they're none of them were really that funny. They were just like, oh my god, this is cinema. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. This is cinema. Like, you were. You wish. Um. Anyway, if I had to rate this movie, I'd probably give it like two stars. Fine. Maybe two and a half. Because like, it, again, I didn't hate it. I but just, it's not like it was just, it's not good, and it doesn't really yeah. feel like. You said, and there were like a you. couple cool parts, like I said, but like that was it. Ooh. Okay, well let's just a trash story. Anyway, <laughs> <sighs> what are you gonna recommend? Me? I'm done talking about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what are you gonna recommend me next episode, and what am I gonna recommend you? Hmm. Fun answer. We both know. Yeah, but I'm still nah. Fuck it. We. Yeah, we've decided. Yeah, we have. Okay, I'm going to give you Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas. Okay, cool. Which I'm really excited about, and I know you're hesitant, but I really think this is going to change your mind about maybe, like, mafia movies if you're hesitant about that, or... I don't know. Whatever it is, I trust you. It's really good. Okay. And then I am going to recommend Kira Zootopia. 
classic. Disney, yes. Classic Sarah Pick. Yes. Good, um, yeah. Goodfellas and Zootopia. No, Zootopia is actually really good and fun. It's kind of long, but like it's pretty iconic and it's funny and yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, it's good. I'll be horny over Jason Bateman. Yeah, and you love him, so just is listen he, to his he, voice. Is he like a fox or something yeah, in the movie? Yeah, he's a fox. Well, he is a fox, but you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Um. Anyway, um, that's all for today. Yes. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram. We will be back in a timely manner. Love you. Later. Bye.